love the word hobo. I, I do. Too. I, re- I miss I miss the lovable hobo. Uh, you know, I got the hobo with like a stick <laughs> and <laughs> and like a knapsack, you know, made out of a yeah. out of a cloth. This is a choice. This lifestyle. I yeah. am a, I'm a hobo with a heart of gold, and I travel around the country much like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Um, saving children from burning cars. Welcome to Two Shots and a Royalty Check, brought to you by Venmo, your money, your move, and liquid death, murder your thirst. Let's get back into it. There's nothing wrong with being a hobo. It's, you know, it's like, and then some, somebody came along and went, you're a vagrant. Uh, oh, no, oh, that's horrible. Oh, that's In horrible. fact, do you know that, so this is a little entertainment news. HBO is considering dropping HBO from HBO Max because of the negative connotations of hobo. Like, the, apparently there's some in the work group that were like, I don't know if people find that acceptable anymore. And I'm like, HBO? Like, I find it very acceptable. I've enjoyed everything they put out. Yeah. Please don't change the name. Yeah. HBO, please do not change the name. I Even mean, if we do call it hobo, it doesn't matter. No one cares. I've never called it Hobos hobo. Hobos are lovable. Have yeah. you ever called it hobo? Uh, probably in jest, but no. I, it's always HBO. But probably I'm also, in like seventh grade as a yeah, joke. Yeah. yeah. I'm an adult now, and I can watch Game of Thrones without my daddy holding my hand. <laughs> I'm like, of all the objectionable things, like, okay, let's not take out the incest. No, God, no. Let's not take out the out of House of Dragons or whatever. Let's not take out you know the incredible crime sprees and drug use and kids doing drugs on Euphoria and all that. But the name might piss somebody off because it's talking about hobos. Yeah, but those stories are real life, man. Dragons that's, are real. That's right. Look, finally, um, our ancient brothers and sisters from northern UK are getting their story told. <laughs> Finally, won't someone think of the, of dragon the Gaelic? Children. <laughs> of the dragon children. I know, uh, for too long, these stories have been hidden in the dark, and finally they're getting seen. For those of us that have been actively dating our sister uncles for the last <laughs> 25 years, Game of Thrones was a revelation to us. Although right. we're not going to knife anybody to death. Oh, uh, God. But, that's, but yes, the name HBO is the, is the problem. There's not a problem with any of it. It's all fine. You're There's just looking for reasons to fucking do something. That's Go to right. sleep. What's that Toby Ziegler line? Go to bed. <laughs> there you go. That's it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. I think it's, I mean, it's funny, but. It's uh, ridiculous. You know, and I, I feel bad for all of them because, like, all the streamers are like, we don't know. I mean, so I had a great conversation last week with someone who's um, really deep into the streaming world. And I cannot okay. say it. I can't even hint where they are. But what I can say is this, is we had an honest conversation where um, – and it was kind of running back you know the big spotify thing came out where spotify mm-hmm. did this loud and clear thing and yeah and about how many subscribers they have and and everyone wants them to raise their price and disney and netflix raised their price yeah and instantly lost subscribers yeah and a lot of people have thought that spotify has internal data which basically proves if they raise their price they will lose millions yeah of premium subscribers yeah 
that sounds right on the face of it, but I think they have internal yeah. research that shows them it would be a slaughter. Yeah. Like really, really, really bad. So yeah. anyway, talking to the streamer person, I was like, you know, fuck is going on with all this? Because like, it seems like we're moving back to the cable model. Yeah. Like everybody's splintered. And but when you talk to especially younger people, like a Gen Z person, you're like, you know, it'd be really nice, you guys, as if I could have all of it in one place mm-hmm. and like kind of look through everything. And all the folks at Xfinity are banging their heads <laughs> against their desk. That's what we've done for hundreds of years. Comcast. Comcast. <laughs> it's Comcastic. Um, but so he was telling me, oh, I gave it away to this guy. That's but a he solid was telling pun. me that. None of them know where it's going. Of course not. Because it's one of the cool things about the cable packages was that you were stuck in a like six month, three year plan, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And almost all the streamers are on, you know, basically month to month. The churn can happen immediately. You can just go, oh, you canceled my favorite show. I'm out. Yeah. Um, and you can come back in two months when Mandalorian comes back on, whatever. And so they, like, have no good outlook to mm. give their investors and mm. stuff. They're like, we think it's going to be good, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But where this really hits Spotify is, like, if Spotify raises the price uh, too much, you can leave Spotify and go to one of the 200 other ones or, yeah. you know, the top ones, Apple Music, Amazon, yeah. YouTube, whatever, mm-hmm. and you don't miss a beat because it's all the same music. Exactly. It's different with Disney or Netflix. Like they can come out They've with got one show. Programming, that it, yeah, yeah, they bring you back. That you're like, well, I mean, I can't get Mandalorian anywhere else. Yeah, um, but you can get Harry Styles everywhere. You can get whatever you're listening. And to. I have. Yeah. Hey. And now, hey, I'll take Harry Styles for three hundred. Well, I'll um, take him for so, a little bit more. Yeah. So they don't know. They don't like. They're not sure what the future of is it. Like what what the future is. Yeah, they just think. Well, we just have to do this. <laughs> you like, think it'd be interest? It'd be like a if we raise prices, we will lose. There's a certain amount of attrition that happens with that, but the amount we will end up making in the long run, it makes sense. But if it's that bad, and the marketplace is that fragmented, it makes sense that everybody's having a little bit of a a little bit of a panic attack about it. Well, and it's even worse than that with with Spotify because. Because they they kind of screwed themselves with having the freemium plan. Mm. So you're a premium subscriber and you pay a certain amount of money. And so say the price goes up and there's a bunch of people that are like, well, no, I don't I don't really want to pay for that anymore. Yeah. But I like Spotify. So I'll just drop to the free plan. And then yeah. you start getting just bombarded with ads in between your favorite songs, mm-hmm. in between podcasts. Yeah. And then, like, now you don't like the brand. Yeah. Like, then you're like, well, I don't want any of this. Yeah. Because there's none of that on Apple. Yeah. And you I know, can and bundle with Apple and get my storage and my Apple TV, yeah. and I can get, you know, the the arcade and all that stuff. We do that anyway. You know, we've got yeah. that. And, you know, Spotify kind of stands on its own, and it's its own thing. Now, we use Spotify differently than <laughs> yeah. um, most yeah. listeners to it. I mean, I'm at, like if I've got an artist I'm working with, I'm using my Spotify premium account to really do a deep dive on what they're doing. 
Yeah. And I can see that data if I if I if I choose to and at least have a an idea of what they're doing. Uh, for example, if their monthly listeners and their streams, the number of streams for a particular song do not add up to each other halfsies uh, halfsies <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. i know there's some fuckery afoot you know yeah. um yeah. And, and so there's certain things that we get from the the premium model that allow us to do our jobs better but i i guess there's a piece of me that's like you and i pay for things to to not have ads you pay for youtube yeah. then i have ads i don't do that because i'm not on youtube enough although i should be that's a sign that i'm slacking um, you know, honestly, it's my favorite subscription. Really, it Explain is. Why. And I, and you know, as a Explain. media company, we subscribe to, like, I literally subscribe to everything. Do you see that Sam Morell joke? Like, um, you know, hangovers are different when you get older. Like, I think I got drunk last night and signed up for Paramount Plus. <laughs> I did because I think tr- I think Trevor told me that joke too because I was watching. Um, I was in SpongeBob the Musical last week. I played guitar, right? And he we told me to, to watch it. That. He told me to watch it on, uh, you know, Paramount Plus. And then he told me that joke. <laughs> it's, but I got Paramount Plus because I'm a massive Star Trek nerd. So Picard. I got, I got because it's fucking yeah. great. And but you know, again, that one show that I can't get anywhere else. Yes, I'll give you your ten fucking dollars a month. Yeah, let me tell. So when we. I actually signed up for it around COVID lockdown time. Yeah. Because we had we wanted to watch all the Star Trek movies. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so we thought, okay, well, I mean, everybody's paying for Skip shit. We're the home. motion picture. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we try to go and watch all of them and nope. Wrath nope. of Khan isn't on there or like one one or two of them weren't and I was like, what the fuck? So we go yeah. back to Comcast. And like, so we ended up having to pay for one of them. Yeah. Is that the one it was? Was it the whale one? Uh, that's Star Trek Four: The Voyage Four. Home. You are fucking welcome, America. Thank you. Yeah, you're very good <laughs> at this. Um, I just, I grew up on that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I know all of them. Um, yeah. But they, yeah, that one is, we did the same thing. I, it was probably, it was last year after I had my motorcycle accident. I was laid up. My boy and I watched all the Star Trek movies. And the only place you can find all of them and once I have it and they're all right there, I don't fuck it, it's fine. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But so um, you know, we I pay for everything. So literally everything. Still yeah. Paramount Plus, Peacock, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, mm-hmm. YouTube. I mean, everything. All of the things on the bottom of your TV. I have all of those <laughs> square tiles. Voodoo? Except except for like Voodoo or Tubi <laughs> or uh, Freebie. I don't pay for any of those. Yeah. Um, but like all the real ones. HBO yeah. Max. Oh, Showtime. shots fired. No, I Tubi mean Tubi is not a real one. I'm not taking it back. Fuck Tubi. <laughs> <laughs> Two Shots uh, Music Podcast is brought to you by Tubi. Find your favorite <laughs> shows commercial free. Why is YouTube your favorite subscribe subscription uh, service? It's um I think YouTube is I have a lot of reasons for it. I like mm-hmm. doing a lot of research. I like watching videos. I listen to music. I don't listen to audio only, although it is a higher quality when you go. They have like two things. It used to be mm. called YouTube Music Red. They, yeah. They've done a horrible job at branding it. But um, so a lot of times if you search for like a song, if you're like, oh, I want to hear Royal Blood Boilermaker, mm-hmm. right? And you search for it, it could be you know, Jenna Thompson, 1980, who posted it, it could be the topic channel, 
Mm. It could be Royal Blood's channel. Mm -hmm. It could be Warner Brothers' channel. It could be a bunch of places. And so that's intriguing to me to know how royalties work on YouTube. Yeah. But also, um, I never see an ad on anything I'm searching on YouTube. And that, as someone who's used YouTube, like, since it began, Mm -hmm. I just... I, that is just glorious to me that I never see a Geico ad. I never have to click skip. I never yeah. have to do that. But but when it really comes up to me um, is when I want to do a random playlist, yeah. not something I built, not somebody else's on, on uh, Spotify or Apple. It's kind of cool where you pick a song and I really like the recommendation algorithm. Like, so mm. you pick a song and then you pick the mix of that song. Okay. Like you can start off with, um, Bill Withers, Lovely Day. We did this the other night playing cards. Just hit Bill Withers, Lovely Every Day and mix. And it just gave me all beautiful 70 soul. Hell soul yeah. and but, but it moved away from it a little bit. It hit Chuck Mangione, Feels So Good. Excellent. It hit Boz Skaggs. It hit, like, it's really good. Like, it's a mm. really good, like, recommendation algorithm. Hmm. Um, but I like watching, you know, like, Terry Jones stuff and Ricky Gervais's podcast stuff. And that's all on there. I actually watch podcasts on YouTube. So like, you know, two bears, one cave or all of that kind of stuff. I, I I watch them and and I, and I don't watch them. (laughs) I have them on. Yeah. Listening. Yeah. But I just don't want to fuck with my, I think part of my problem is, is that I don't like my entertainment going through my phone. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I'm on my phone so much for other things. Yeah. So, like, I'm very much a desktop, laptop person when I'm doing a hundred things. Like, right now, you know, we're recording a podcast. We have video Mm -hmm. going. I've got Logic going. I've got 20 things open. And I'm trying to silence my phone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So, that's just the reason why it works for me that way. How... That's a, I think it's interesting that you brought up the the uh, the the recommendation algorithm for YouTube. Yeah. How if so? I'm I'm an artist. I I know that YouTube is important, being being on the back end of of things and this the you know at you know making videos and metadata and embedding the right things and getting the right you know like you know tags on things and all that kind of stuff. How important it is. How is that attached to that recommendation algorithm? How would somebody accidentally find an artist's song from that if they've got their shit together? Well, it it basically comes down to what your user profile does. And so, like, if YouTube knows that you listen to some older music and some newer music, mm-hmm. it makes sure to serve you a newer song as well as older music. Mm. Whereas Spotify will really... Like, if you're trying to do a recommendation algorithm, it only play you artists that sounds like or next to or other gotcha. people that listen to that. Mm-hmm. But it does it in a pool, right? So if you're listening to Harry Styles and 60% of... Sorry, Harry, we're, this is a podcast about you. But, like, let's say 60% of the people that listen to Harry Styles also listen to Adele. Mm-hmm. Spotify will absolutely take that pool and assume that you're going to be an Adele fan too and and push that to you. Mm-hmm. YouTube will take it off of what you've listened to mm. more so than the pool of your friends or the people around your age. So like it will know that like, yeah, I like Harry Styles, but it may serve me Foo Fighters next. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Or it may serve me like 
another uh, like solo artist like that that's newer. It's it's just it's really interesting the way it works. But but I gotta say actually to answer the question a little bit better, one of the other reasons why I love YouTube is it is the easiest way to share music. Hmm. It just yep. is like because you know whether or not someone has a premium subscription or an ad thing. If you share a single a music song from YouTube, whether it's an album cover video, meaning no video, just a picture, mm-hmm. or whether it's a full-blown video, you can share that link with anyone in the world and they can play it right now. There's no yep. hoops to jump through. It doesn't try to get you to sign up for anything. Yeah. It's it's a clean entry to your music. And that is like, you'll see me online sharing. Normally when I share music, I share it from YouTube. Yeah. And that's why, because... You may be on Apple, you may be on Tidal, you may be on Spotify. And if I share from any of those sites, it's going to try to get you to sign up. And mm-hmm. it's not about the music anymore. It's not about yeah. what I'm sharing. I'm mm-hmm. doing the work of those streamers. Yeah. YouTube is so gargantuan that they're like, eh, if you like it, you'll come. You yeah. know where we're at. Yeah. And as and- you know, YouTube is the world's largest music streamer mm-hmm. and has been for a long time. And they just, they're quiet about it. Let yeah. Spotify duke it out with Apple. Yeah. Well, YouTube just is sitting there raking in revenue. <laughs> yeah. They're going to make their money off of you as a subscriber or as an ad uh, feature. Yeah. You know, and they don't care. They don't care. And, and they don't care because their ecosystem for ads is much better. Like, obviously, because it's Google. Yeah. You know, or Alphabet or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. you want to call it now. But, but like, they don't care. Um, and they don't care how you come in. They don't care if you're premium or not. Uh, you know, they don't push it that much. Um, and so, but it's just the easiest way to share music. And a lot of times when you embed like a music video that has the song in it, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you can play it right within the post mm-hmm. and that's something you can never do with Spotify anymore. Yeah. When they started, you could mm-hmm. like, it'd play like a 30 second clip or something. Yeah. But you know, no one ever complains that like they can get that they can't get the song off of YouTube. So that's why I do it. And yeah. I tell all my artists like to do it that way. The, I think another thing for independent artists to understand about YouTube is that, you know, Spotify is its own thing mm-hmm. and like your monthly listeners and how many streams you have and your profile views, all of that. But what gets you into playlists on Spotify or playing well with Spotify is sort of the chart metric, um, your score, your popularity mm-hmm. score. And that's that, that goes outside of Spotify. There is yeah. the Spotify numbers baked in, but outside of it, it pulls in your kind of your socials. It pulls in sort of where your music is elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest uh, footprints of that is YouTube. So mm-hmm. you can blow up on YouTube and help yourself on Spotify. Yeah. And kind of vice versa. Yeah. And like chart metrics is kind of the way to find that out, what your popularity score and your social score is. And that's probably a whole different podcast, but yeah, but that is, it's an important part of it. Um, and I think it's, we've talked about some artists this year who have put shit on YouTube. Everyone thinks it's kind of like YouTube is kind of like TikTok. People think it's something. But the people who are actually on it know that it's different than that. So like everyone's like, well, I'm not going to do a full video because no one cares about videos anymore. I'm like, that's fine. Put a song on there. Mm -hmm. Have an artist profile. It's all free. It's all free. Why not? For you to do. You could create a whole channel with every piece of your music with just the album title. 
take your topic songs, put them on your artist channel, have the single on top. You could do all that for free in a day. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether you ever have one video or not, you're going to have plays. We see it all the time where someone has an album cover with 200,000 views. Yep. Yeah. You know, and like that is amazing to me. <laughs> yeah. That a lot of people listen to YouTube and don't watch it. Yes. And but, that just tells you that's an interface thing, right? That's mm-hmm. just something where people feel more comfortable keeping it open in a tab. You know, it's yeah. just like Spotify. If you want to listen to a Spotify song, if you're on a Mac, the first thing that happened goes, would you like to open the app? I'm like, I, I just opened it. No, no, no. Do you want to use the web player or the app? And I'm like, mm. I, I just, I want to just listen to the goddamn song. <laughs> yeah. <know>? Yeah. <laughs> and no, so, I do not. Yeah. Thank you. I pay yeah, for it so. so that I don't have to answer these stupid questions. Off with his head. But Spotify wants you in the app because mm-hmm. they can track better, your data better. Better data. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. But yeah, I, that's why I like YouTube. Um, and plus, you know, you want to fix your microwave? Spotify can't tell you how to do that. Nope. <laughs> the, I was talking to somebody, I think we, maybe we've been talking about this, about learning... How I learned to fix everything on tour was by screwing it up. Now, if a <laughs> if if a if a band is on tour and they blow a fuse on on a on their Marshall, they can get on YouTube, they can go the specific model, maybe the year it was made, and go what type of fuse is that? And there's a dude on there who looks probably like me you know, <laughs> with a screwdriver. And, well, when, you, when that goes bad, you do this. And they can, they've got information on how to fix and repair just about anything. <laughs> totally. Right? Welcome to your amp is fucked. I'm Tom Daly. And, yeah. and I'm it's, like, subscribe. <laughs> but it's such a, I mean, even if you want to know the best practices for success on a YouTube marketing campaign, you can watch that video on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like it's talk about the snake eating its tail, you know. This is like a fractal piece of art here. It goes deep. Um yeah. but I I love that that's and that's one of the things if you don't have any um innate ability to utilize a search engine, YouTube will not always give you what you want. No, that's true. That is and very so, true. And so, you know, like that's the first the first step is Learn how to use learn how to use search terms, because otherwise you'll get a bunch of stuff you don't want. Yeah, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna just like we're gonna throw this out there where this is gonna just be the question of the day. Basically, is why should I care about YouTube? Mm. Um, because I I want to add a few things to this. I mean, we've stumbled on it. Fuck the rundown. This is this is actually <laughs> isn't that always a, with us. It's like it really is, we had yeah. a rundown like six minutes before the podcast starts, and we're like, sorry, well. Kelsey, our producer is really pissed off at us. <laughs> it's a good thing that uh, she doesn't uh, harbor any uh, residual resentment. What's that, Kelsey? Fuck you. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> but so here is another. I'm going to give you some deep, deep dive shit about YouTube. And, and this is another reason why you need to set up your profile, do the right cover, do the right, get your three hashtags, just go and rip off other artists, go to a Taylor Swift song and look how they post their stuff. The lyrics are in there. The credits are in there at the very bottom of it. There are three hashtags usually has the name of the single, Mm -hmm. um, make sure that how you name your song on YouTube matters. And by the way, we will do a, 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 a spec sheet about this, a free worksheet for you um, that will be on the page on uh, Two Shots Music Pod. Um, and so 
I'll give this all to you, but like, if you want to know how to do it, there, there is a reason why you name your song, you know, you know, band X and donkey song, you know, like there's a way to do it that really matters in SEO. Mm -hmm. And here is another reason why that is super important (laughs) for music supervision. I'm part of a little group of a little cadre of music supervisors Mm -hmm. every Friday. And people that know me know this because I do it to my little private groups. (laughs) um, I do a music run and we are looking for brand new songs that just dropped on Friday, which normally they are scheduled for midnight Eastern on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. There is a group of music supervisors that look for songs that are under 200 views. I'm just going to give you the whole game here. Under 200 views that are tagged correctly, that are not signed. It's a great way to find the latest song that was released and get it before it gets hot. Like, I know music supervisors that reach out to those bands or their management that day. Love this song. Can you send me a wave file? Can you send me separates? They go through the whole thing. Like, can I, I'm interested in this song for a show, a movie, a game, whatever. And... It's a great way to find, to like sort through everything that's coming out because we know that if you did this part right, you released on a Friday. So that means you already put it out in distribution correctly. Yes. We know if it hits Spotify too that same day that you're probably with the distributor. And so you kind of have metadata in there and ISRC codes. And Mm -hmm. we know that just by seeing how you did it. If you did the three hashtags right. And when I'm searching it on New Music Friday, I find it. Mm -hmm. That means you know what the hell you're doing on YouTube. So you have done enough research to where I feel more comfortable with you to reach out that your music is cleared, that Mm -hmm. it's a one-stop, that if we go down this road, if I temp or put that music in queue for a project, that I know you'll follow up with the contract, that you know what the hell you're talking about, what a music sync is, that you, you, you know how the money works, that there's money on the master side, money on the sync side, which is the publishing side. I kind of know what you're doing if you do YouTube right. Yeah. And either you or your management or, you know, your friend, <laughs> the drummer, whomever. And so, <laughs> but that is, there are people getting syncs off of YouTube simply because they're releasing songs correctly. Yep. And we will search through things on Friday because major label artists put them out on Friday as well. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of want to see how well that surfaces in your search. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, they did this exactly right. And again, then when I see that song in that search and I go to the song, go to the track, I go to your artist profile, right? I go to your channel. Mm -hmm. Then I can see, is your about correct? Do you have your links correct? Is there cover art that's correct? Do you have the credits in the description of that song? Yeah. Uh, I can also see if you're an artiste. Because if you put out like a really cool groovy video, I see what the band is like. And by the way, for those of you who don't care about sync, which this is probably not the podcast for you, but but if you don't care about sync, um, bookers do this too. So yep. bookers will go and see what songs are new and like, cause you can see the city that they're from mm-hmm. and be like, oh, this, these people are blowing up because right under the description, you will have where they're playing live coming up mm-hmm. 
And that is a big deal to bookers to see, oh, they're on tour or they're about to tour. And you can kind of see like what the band looks like and whether, you know, the artist looks like. So there are a thousand reasons why you should be working YouTube. And the biggest among them is it's free. Yeah. Like it's completely free. Yeah. And there's a massive amount of backend tools on that platform. You got a Gmail account, get in there and start whittling. (laughs) And by the way, this is a little, um, this is a little inside, but... Because I play f- pay for premium on, on YouTube, mm-hmm. whenever I'm setting up someone's YouTube channel, and I do that for a lot of artists or people, um, I'm in there, and you got to set it up through the Gmail. That's the easiest way to do it. You, yeah. you log into a Gmail, like bandname at gmail.com, and you immediately have YouTube. You just go yeah. to YouTube, claim the channel. That's the Gmail is your login. Mm-hmm. If you do that... I'll I'll be in the back end trying to set up their channel branding and stuff and uploading pictures and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'll hear a fucking ad going off. And I'm like, what the hell? There's an <laughs> ad going off. I pay for premium. And it's because they I'm signed not, out of my own account. <laughs> yeah. It's not your account. Yeah. Exactly. What the hell? And I'm like, these people don't pay for premium. Low rent motherfuckers. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Ad bearing. You could save twenty percent with Geico in five minutes. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't have a car. <laughs> um, and I guess so. Let's just go down it a little bit. Can you make money on YouTube? Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. You got to play with content ID. It's really hard for most people to understand how content ID works, and I changed my point of view about this last year, where I used Ooh. to tell people like how to actually do it and get Audium and your mm-hmm. your back end. You know, um, song tune finder, tune stat is another place. Tune sat is another place where it listens to where your songs are being played. Yeah. Now I just tell people, please just go to DistroKid. Just go to DistroKid. <laughs> yep. Click the button for a content ID. Let them collect for it. You mm-hmm. will see it three months later on your PRO, your ASCAP, mm-hmm. your BMIs. Um, yeah. But they they partner with a bunch of different companies that do it. Yeah. If you're not used to it, that is the easiest way to do it. By the way, use, I guess, um, you can use St. James for a discount for DistroKid if you want to sign up, I Hell guess. Hell yeah. <laughs> S-T-J-A-M-E-S. I know. I should get one for the podcast. I know I've had one for a while, but. Yeah, but it matters. That's your name. We can use it. Yeah. How yeah. do you use YouTube? Do you use YouTube for, like, because you, you have a kid. You've got a young end. Yeah. So mm-hmm. do you guys go on YouTube for like learning and stuff too? Not so much. Well, he's he's 14 now. Um yeah, funnily enough, I ha- I had my I had uh my uh my college roommate over uh to the new house um on Sunday and we were signed into uh, in the living room signed into my son's YouTube uh account and the search terms <laughs> were in, <laughs> in there. Um, we had some Tom Cardi, have you checked your butthole? We had, uh, and here was the interesting thing, um, was it, one of them was like, uh, screaming guy bass up. Like he's looking for specific audio versions of weird memes and stuff like that to share with us. That's how he's sharing with his friends or right. something like we were talking about with, uh, with, um, TikTok, like how the, 
the video the audio version of something sped up now is starting to show up on spotify as well because you know it's it's part of the you know like when you're making a little tiktok video or you're making a, a you an instagram video you're dancing to the the sped up version yeah. you know the people were doing it themselves and so he's looking for you know audio things like that we're not really, or we're watching. Hey, let's watch the new trailer for the new uh, Avengers movie or whatever the hell's coming. I, I'm so out of touch with some of that crap. Um, <laughs> but it's it's mostly that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, you know. Uh, so we're not. I mean, when I have YouTube open, it's usually I'm watching or I have on in the background. Um, Royal Blood, we talk about all the time. But here's the thing: is like with with bands like Royal Blood and Muse, when we were talking about My Chemical Romance. And all that kind of stuff. Those videos are so sim- cinematic yeah. and fantastic. And and you and I are watching them from a place of how can I make that? Right, right. How can yeah. I make that on a, on a shoestring budget or on a on a lower budget? How can I make the 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 troubles coming video with the with the dancing, you know, whatever thing he's in that? You know what I mean? Or you know, um, and is it worth it? Uh, I think it's always worth it to have more content. Yeah, I mean, yeah. let's ask let's ask the uh, the 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 I mean, we're both professionals, but I'm going to ask the other professional in the room, um, and I use that term loosely. Yeah, please. Is Thank it you. worth it? What, what are the? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. It's your went yet. Do you know what's funny is I didn't realize that that was just that line backwards <laughs> like she she'd actually taken that line and fl- she, missy ellie fucking brilliant anyway fucking timberland and missy oh Ooh. god I, I we were listening to a timberlake song recently like from uh his one of his earlier records and i and i pointed out to my girlfriend that all of the drums you hear on that song are timberland's face yeah yeah and we were like what so back to the question why should somebody actually make a video versus put up an album video or a lyric video or, you know, or just a, you know, like a picture of some, somebody's, you know, sweet bum in a bikini. Why should we make the video other than the fact that we are artists and we make art and this is part of it. So I always, I come down on this side of things. I tell people like when I consult people to do it, I think you should do all three. Yeah. So I think you should have an album cover video that has the whatever the 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 cover of the single or something identifying so it's just mm-hmm. a picture. Yeah. I think you should have a lyric video that you do on your own. Don't pay anyone for it. Figure out how yeah. to do it. There's templates. It's under 20 bucks. You can do it yeah. on your own just take some time. I mean, you can do yeah. one do it in, in an iMovie. Afternoon. Ain't no yep. big whoop. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I but again, I hate to keep bringing this up, but go look at Taylor Swift's lyric videos for folklore. Mm-hmm. Uh, unbelievably good. It's got a little bit of motion in it. Uh, it's got a little bit of motion with the lyrics as they come up, almost like karaoke. Yeah. But like, there's a candle flickering in the background. It costs five bucks to do that. It's almost yeah. free. <clears throat> um so, like, a lyric video shouldn't just be the lyrics, like, you know, the ugly black screen with just blue you know, stuff coming yeah. up. But a little bit of artistry in it would be nice, and it's it's not that hard to do. And yeah. maybe, I don't know, maybe you don't care about your music enough to show people that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Here, let's try it that way. Yeah. Um, but I also think <laughs> that for certain songs, it is worth you doing a um, a creative video. That's what we call it, a creative video mm-hmm. Meaning it's either shot or it's um, 
or it uh, is clips put together to tell a narrative story around the song. Yeah. Those don't have to be you. They can be mm-hmm. stock footage. They can be other people's video. That's kind of the beauty of YouTube is that you can do that. Yeah. Um, one of the main reasons that I have always talked about doing that part of it is that YouTube is global. And a lot of people that catch on to YouTube onto your music might do it from the narrative sense of the of the mm-hmm. of viewing it yeah. and have on closed captioning to learn English. Hmm. Huh. And and that and that is like in hip hop, this is a huge thing. Yeah. Where people in you know, South Sudan or Guatemala or Russia are learning English by watching rap videos with the captioning on. Hmm. That's and, fascinating. Yeah. And so it's a big deal. There are other people that are doing it the opposite way by watching um, Spanish language videos and yeah. like brushing up on their, on their Espanol uh, by doing it that way. Yeah. Um, but that is that is another major reason to do it. Again, this is like a slow burn, right? You're not going to make mm-hmm. major money off of it. You're not going to gain thousands and hundreds of thousands of fans off of it. It's a slow burn where if people know that that's what you do when you release a song, it will get more exciting over time. And there'll be yeah. more subscribers over time. It will make your channel more um, viable, more interesting, um, more valuable, really. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that by doing it this way, so say you have, you know, love song A, right? And you do a that's what cover I'm calling video. all my songs from now yeah, on. That's right. Like you have an <laughs> album cover video or single cover. You have a lyric video and then you have a creative video. Mm-hmm. Well, now you have three SEO touch points of that song. Bingo. And underneath that, you should also have an instrumental video mm-hmm. and offer that to other YouTubers to use in gaming walkthroughs and makeup tutorials. There are a thousand ways to kind of work it if you really, really, really want to put the time in. Yeah. But if you have it there, shit, sometimes people just come and find you and they email you because that's in your about under business email. (laughs) But they will email your your channel and be like, hey, I do a makeup video and I really like this song. Can I use it? And you yeah. can license it directly to them for free or for you know yeah. a few hundred bucks or whatever, or go, yeah. you can do a split where you say, well, let's share the revenue in it, or I get 20% yeah. of it. Yeah. So all of these things don't take that much time. And once you get in the flow of it, of releasing music that way, as part of your arsenal, um, it's really important. I, I will also say this. The other reason why it's really important, we thought for a long time, like TikTok or Instagram Reels... Um, when you have that link in your bio, so say someone uses your song on TikTok, your audio, your sound, um, we thought for a long time that was driving people to Spotify or driving people to whatever the, the streaming site was. And it did for a short amount of time. Like you could do that. Um, but anybody that's used it that way knows that you're not going to just jump off TikTok and go hit the link in the bio, go to the profile, hit the link, open yeah. up the link tree or their stand, and then hit that link to go to Spotify, and then it opens up another app, and then you're in Spotify. You're, you're scrolling yeah. TikTok. You're not going to yeah. leave. Mm-hmm. But what, what we have seen is that it changed. So if you really like a sound and you found it on TikTok, if you have the option to go to YouTube or Spotify... Like in one of the studies we did, it was like something like 45% of people went to the YouTube. 
Hmm. So they, and this is the flow. You hear it on TikTok, you save that, or you share it with a friend, that TikTok, and you're like, oh, I, I dig that song. Or, you know, you're a creator, and you're like, I'm going to use that audio for uh, a TikTok that I do. Mm-hmm. So you won't go to Spotify to kind of listen to the audio more to get used to it. It's easier to go to YouTube because you could actually download the audio. Yeah. Now, that's illegal as hell, but you can. Um, but so what we found is that most people will go TikTok or Instagram Reel to YouTube and see what the artist has going on there because I can see everything. I can see all the singles you put out. I've yeah. got like information there. And then if I love them, then I go to my streamer of choice, Apple or Spotify, mm-hmm. and add them as you know, a monthly listener. Hmm. So the flow actually goes you it goes TikTok to YouTube to Spotify hmm. instead of the other way around. Interesting. Like YouTube is the waypoint of whether or not I'm going to really listen to this artist. <laughs> and that's cool. Like, you know, but again, if you don't have both running, you're going to miss out on a bunch of people that will well, go to YouTube you, and yeah. be like, "Oh, they have no YouTube, but they've got Spotify rock in here." Yeah. yeah. What the hell? I don't understand why you wouldn't utilize all of the tools to build your career possible. And that's what we were saying about when you were saying about uh, it's a slow burn when you were talking about it's a slow yeah. burn. When you were saying about it. Um, is What is your goal as an artist? Is your goal to get one single and say, that's it, I'm out. You know, and if that's your... That's your that's, that's not going... This, these platforms are not going to do the work for you. Unless no. you're investing a shitload of money, and then you'll not make that money back. But if you're looking to build a long-term career that grows over time, even as the rules and change and this, that, and the other thing happens, as banks fall and you know <laughs> rules change and your user agreement updates, um, you can still use these platforms to grow your career over time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that should be the goal. If you're an artist, um, I was watching an interview with John Mellencamp recently, and he said something about. I remember he 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 name dropped a couple of famous people in it, but he made reference to the fact that if you're an artist, you can't help it. You have to do it. And he's like, I have to make stuff. I have yeah. to go make a, a song. I have to pull it out of the... And he was talking... Oh, I remember what the context was. He was talking with um, another artist about why he was such a hypochondriac when he wasn't able to make music. And he said, <laughs> you either have a choice of making it up on a record or making it up on yourself. So you're going to believe you're going to start making up this narrative inside your head about this thing if you're not making up these narratives outside of yourself. So make art so you don't think that you're dying of... Um, Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Melon I think camp disease, sucking on a chili dog. <laughs> do not sell this man do a chili dog. Do not sell this man a chili um, dog. I also think that, I think this is instructive for any independent artist to hear because we have these conversations with people that we consult with. And, and one of them is, you know, uh, okay, so you think you're going to blow up. You're putting out a song, you're putting out a record. You think your band is awesome, and it's a great band, and this is an awesome song, and this is an awesome yeah. record, and you don't understand why you're not you know, world famous and huge and big. Mm-hmm. Um, if that is the case, 
do you not think you will eventually have a YouTube channel? <laughs> like, yeah. so why not start right now yeah. when no one's looking and get yeah. it, get it done correctly and get look it at it correctly. In. Yeah. Because the, and, and the, again, I, I don't know how to put this in any clearer terms, but because YouTube is global, we don't even know the reach of it eventually. Yeah. And yeah. Spotify and Apple are very much app based mm-hmm. and subscriber based. And, and they're also is, regional, aren't they? They like you there's certain songs you cannot get. That's yeah. Yeah. Territorial, yeah. And and it works different in territory. So does YouTube. Now, here's the other thing is like if you want to go really down the rabbit hole in YouTube, you can. I do. Okay. Take me down. Well, then you should set up different language channels. Mr. Beast <gasps> is doing this. Like, why wouldn't you do, like, half of the rest of the world speaks Spanish. Yeah. Like, especially in the Western world. And Mm -hmm. so why aren't all of your music videos translated into Spanish? Why don't you have a YouTube dot, um, you know, SP or a YouTube, like, why aren't you serving YouTube dot MX? Yeah. And like, why are you not doing that? He said, like he started, I don't know what the numbers were, but he was like, oh, yeah, and he's got like a billion subscribers or whatever. Mm -hmm. But he was like, yeah, we just realized, why don't we just serve more Spanish people? Like, it's not that hard to do and get someone to translate it. Mm -hmm. It may not be right if you do it with a Descript or Jarvis or something, but you could get on Fiverr and get, you know, a Spanish speaker to do it. it. It wouldn't be that hard. And it's not a long blog post. It's a fucking song. And so, you know, we've talked about this back in the old days when music was, um, when music was different, (laughs) like you could not have a global hit if there wasn't a Spanish translation to it. Yeah. A cover. You would just mm-hmm. have someone do the Spanish version of it. If you watch anything on Netflix, oh, that's exactly and you what wait I was going to say. Until the very end, you it will see you how many people do the translations yeah. in like eight French different countries and Spanish, Turkish, and yep, Arabic. Like it's mm-hmm. all over. And yeah. why musicians don't take advantage of that? I mean, they probably don't understand why it matters because yeah. it kind of doesn't, right? Like you're not yeah. going to go tour. You know, you're not going to go tour Portugal, but well, but you're not gonna if no one hears you there. Like you're yeah. never gonna. Well, the thing is, is if you're like a a, a traditional singer songwriter, acoustic, or even a, a a piano, you know, player with some of the rolly mats and stuff like that, you can use. You can actually take your stuff, get on a plane, and go fucking anywhere and play. Within reason, don't go anywhere where there's any travel bans. Do not take course. Spirit Airlines. There's Do not take rules. Spirit Airlines. United <laughs> breaks guitars. Um, that guy had a massive hit off that one. Speaking of YouTube, um, but like, the, there there really isn't a limit. Um, I I even remember like doing things in the early '90s, early uh, late '90s, early 2000s, where you know bands I was playing with would you know, hey, we've got this festival we're gonna go play in Germany to, you know, 116,000 people. Yeah. And that was all we would do. We would go out, we'd fuck around for that festival, be there for a week, come home. And, you know, yeah. like there's, if you, and it's much easier to do that when you have all of this data in place that lets you know where people are actually listening to your music. And again, I, I, we hammer this all the time. You are not releasing music to people. You are releasing it to the algorithm. Mm-hmm. And so 
The reason why this is important is not that you're going to always have Spanish versions or every always care about a German version or even have to play that when you go there. They yeah. want to hear the English version um, almost everywhere in the world. You go to Japan, mm-hmm. they want to hear the English version. You got to know a few things. You know, you got to know yeah. how to say hello, good night. You know, you guys look beautiful. You got to know yeah. all that. But hello, you don't Cleveland. need to redo the song. You don't need to play it in the native language to go play somewhere because yeah. they're smarter and speak three languages. Like we don't. <laughs> yeah. But the it's reason true. why you do this is that if you upload a video that is a Spanish version, the algorithm goes, oh, they're playing. They're playing in the game here. Let's serve this to our Spanish-speaking people. And mm-hmm. you know this if you've done any of the metadata stuff behind the scenes in YouTube, where it's like, what what language is this in? Is this for children? Is it age 13 yes. or over? Mm-hmm. You probably just go fly by all of those things. But like, if you have that version and you upload it, then YouTube Mexico might pick that up. And, mm-hmm. and that would be something that they're like, oh, I want to serve this. Like the algorithm looks at it as like, I'm going to serve this to my listeners. But yeah. again, you're not doing it to try to like find Mexicans who listen to your music. Yeah. YouTube will do that for you. Yes. <laughs> like the algorithm YouTube's, will do that yeah. for you if you're playing. Yeah. But if you're not, like why would YouTube ever serve your music to someone, you know, who speaks a different language? They wouldn't. Yeah. And so yeah. that's why it's important is, again, to understand why it matters, um, you know, why it matters that you are releasing music to the machine to their Not Burt Kreischer. Yeah. <laughs> not not Burt Kreischer. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. My movie's coming out, you guys. And Mark Hamill's playing his dad. Sorry. That's why it's important you release to I the know. machine. I love... Have I told you this about Burt Kreischer? Sidebar. Sidebar. I love the Burt Kreischer show. Oh, yeah. And by that, I mean everything he does on social media, all the podcasts he goes on, the things he does with Tom Segura, the stuff with Leanne, the stuff with his kids, his Instagram stories. I love it all. Yeah. I have never seen a Burt Kreischer stand-up special. Not one. Not one. He's got a new one coming out, Razzle Dazzle. Mm Mm-hmm. The movie's coming out about the story about the machine. I will yeah. probably see that just because I want to support, because he's yeah. actually doing a big actual movie. Yeah. I may not see the news special because I feel like I'm, I'm batting perfect now. I have yeah. never seen... I've seen The Cabin, and I have not seen any of his stand-up specials. And it's not because I don't think it's funny. It's, it's more yeah. that like I just... I don't want to ruin it. Like I like the Burt Kreischer show and I kind of don't want to see him at his job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I, I'm sorry, I, Burt. <laughs> I've got two ex-wives who uh, met me essentially at work. Right. Yeah. And then there's this expectation that you're supposed to be this thing <laughs> oh, all the time. Hold on. Hold on. And then, hold on. Stop sign. Yeah. I have two ex-wives who have met me at work. Yes, I'm a performing musician. <laughs> and they would meet me there, and then there's this expectation that you're a big, sexy rock star, and you're followed around by thousands of people all the time. And you are. And of, of course I am. And after after about 10 years of marriage, that gets exhausting. It gets really old. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a, you know, like, I understand the uh, work is work. You yeah. know, even though, even though work for me and work for you as a performer is pretty fucking glamorous. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's pretty. I mean, I've it's got people carrying my shit. Way. Yeah. I've got a cape. For God's sakes, I can fucking wear it wherever I like. I go out and, cl- and put the garbage uh, uh, 
cans out on the uh, back alley in my cape this morning. <laughs> yeah. They're like, good morning, your majesty. Hello. <laughs> it's hilarious how like people in the music industry, you know, you get together with someone that you meet at a show, yeah. you know, and you have this like relationship and they're like, you know, it'd be really nice if we could go on a date on Saturday night. And it's like, what? Like, but I'm, I'm working you know on Saturday night. damn well what I do. Yeah. Like, why yeah. did you think that would change? That was that's, a, that's why you were there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the other part of it is this is, I mean, I also understand why people develop um, certain addictions in this industry. What? Um, because, well, I mean, number one, you've got all the adulation and adoration that happens. And when that fades away, that can re, if you don't have a good grasp on your mental health, you're going to look for something to supplement that with. But the other part is wherever we go, as a performer and we go on a stage, it doesn't matter if you're playing in a tiny bar gig or you're playing at a, on a, you know, a massive stage in front of 40,000, 60,000 people. You are the party director. You are the cruise director. Meet me on the Lido deck. We're going to do some shuffleboard. Yeah. Right. Um, and if we're doing that and, you know, everybody's drinking, taking shots, we're having a party, we're having a great time. Again, if you don't have a grasp on your mental health, you're going to mistake that for real life. And whereas we run four to six parties a week, the people that are at that show, that's their one party this month. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. By the way, Two Shots Music Pod is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com. Mental health is very important. <laughs> it's it's of paramount importance. Thank you, BetterHelp. Oh, wait. Uh, I think we're, I don't know. I don't people know. are going no, forward no. with it. I don't know. Okay, but I didn't they get there was a better help that got in trouble for sharing. One of them did for sharing things, I can't but I don't know how was. far they shared them. Everyone okay. shares stuff. But that's the it's thing, like, you 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 click I agree on a box at the bottom of just about yeah. fucking everything you use. Anybody that ever had a blockbuster it. account, it's over. Like you it's <laughs> over. it's been over for a long time. I remember like keeping Sign up for a, Facebook, it's over. The copy of The Last of the Mohicans for two weeks too long, and there's a guy in a Blockbuster shirt with a baseball bat with some nails driven through it outside my house and saying it's clobbering time. Just be thankful <laughs> totally. Facebook doesn't do that. <laughs> I think that, like, you know, playing shows is, and and I, I always explain it like this, is that, look, if you're an accountant... And you balance your books at the end of at the end of the month. No one throws their bra on your desk. Like there's there's a reason why music acts are pirates. Like we're yeah. out there being pirates. People scurvy. want that from you. That is the reason why you're doing it. Is that you yeah. live a different life in a lot yeah. of ways. It's just at some point you got to learn that the ship comes into shore sometimes. Yeah. And you have to do some business. You got to do yeah. some real things too. But mm-hmm. like, you know, it is different than other jobs and you should live that way. Yeah. You know, there's am, a reason why the accountant is like dying to come do Jaeger shots at your show Yeah, because people don't, you know, yeah. people aren't waiting for them backstage. Yeah. I will say this though. I, I'm working with a lot of, uh, you know, 30 and under artists right now. Just, you know, there, there, you know, there's some savviness that they have that I don't have, which I appreciate. I'm always grateful to work with people who are uh, plugged in in a different way than I am. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I'm starting to see is um, less partying out of these bands. Yeah. There's, there's much less of it because I think we've got all the cautionary tales, you know, that we've had from the 80s and 90s and early 2000s of 
people mistaking the party lifestyle of the road for real life. Yeah. I mean, I've you and I have stories of friends and, you know, good friends and bandmates and this, that, and the other thing. Just taking it too far and never coming back. Yeah. And I think it's that difficult. that stuff, uh, you know, behind the music really fucked everybody up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Uh, so I'm, I'm starting to see a lot, a lot less of that, but the other part of it is, is a lot of the deals and a lot of the, a lot of the conversations and a lot of the, um, business dealings are still happening in these venues. They're still happening over beers. They're still happening over a joint in the back alley behind the venue. Yep. So, you know, whether you decide to partake in that or not, that's where some of this stuff is still happening. Well, and like how many people do we know that have been in the industry for decades who are sober? Yeah. And they still got to hang out with, you know, the lead singer that drinks too much. Yeah. And so like that's a skill to learn to keep Mm -hmm. your sobriety when you're like, ah, yeah, I've reached the end of my my road on that. Yeah. I'm so weird. I know I have a different point of view about this and and I get I get slammed for it, but but I, I stick to it. And that is. Look, you it is a different life, and I don't think that you need to do drugs or you need to drink or you need to have risky choices to be a great musician or a great band or interesting. I don't think that. I know a lot of sober people have been sober for a long time. I know a guy that works in the industry that when we go to the bar, he orders a milk. You know him too. We love him. I'll tell you about him. I'll tell you his name later. But he orders a milk at industry bar meetups and it's fantastic it's great and there's a lot of reasons why he does this needs calcium yeah but like i'm fine with that and like you should treat all those people equally and i don't think that you need one to make the other happen however Uh (laughs) uh-oh dissenting opinion almost all of the most interesting artists have some demons they're working through almost all of the things that create great art whether that is depression, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's drug use, whether it's cigarettes, whether it's sex addiction, there yeah. are some things that um, are worth working through in your artistic life. Yeah. And I have told young musicians this, and I know this is a horrible thing from Uncle Michael. I get it, okay? But I'm going to tell it to you anyway. In your 20s, make those fucking mistakes. Yeah. Try that shit. Try make make sure you can get to rehearsal. Don't fall yeah. too far down, but know where your limits are. And if you are that person that is straight edge your whole life, okay, I respect that. That's okay. But I also want to give some other people the green light into saying that this is the time to do that. Be in a band, get too drunk, make risky choices, write about it. Figure out who yes. you are through that because you, again, you can't do that if you're trying to work at Ernst and Young as an accountant, nor yeah. should you. Um, but I think that there is some viability into living the pirate lifestyle as long as you don't let it take you over. Yeah. And by the way, this happens everywhere. This happens on Wall Street. It happens in mid-management yeah. where, or in sales where they're having two drinks at lunch. Yeah. Or, you know, the, the amount pe- of cocaine on Wall Street. Yeah, Adderall, <laughs> cocaine, all that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it happens everywhere, but mm-hmm. it's a little bit more allowable in the music industry. Again, I don't think you should start it up if you don't want to. I don't think that you should continue it if you have a problem. Mm-hmm. But I do like 
to give people a little bit of a green light, especially in your 20s, when you're wor- you can make some mistakes, you can come back yeah. from it. Yeah. But like, this is when you do those things to have no regrets. You know, this is when you do those things to go, oh, okay, well, yeah, I tried it. I didn't really care for that. Or yeah. I don't really, I'm not a huge drinker. Or I am. I like, I like a few yeah. beers every night. You yeah. know, but don't let it, don't let it become something that is like the dependency can't be both ways. Your art can't be dependent on your dependencies. Yeah. And your dependencies shouldn't be fed by your art. Yes. But I'm saying that you should have be be clear-eyed about it and and take some of those risks. And why? Why am I saying this, Stu? Because younger people aren't making enough music that mm. people want to fuck and party to. Fall oh. in love and fuck to. <laughs> like yeah. there still needs to be that part of the industry. And so I'm standing on this other side. Where I don't want every twenty, you know, twenty something band to be like, we're straight edge, man. We work, we get up at six thirty, we read the Stoics, we go for a jog, I drink my green juice. Okay, that's awesome. That's fucking boring to but a thirty year old who is depressed and wants yeah. to hear a song about how you see it as an artist. But let me ask you this question: How do you know that's not their addiction? Like that that's not their version of uh, doing drugs and staying up all night, banging on, you know, you know, rhino horn boner yeah. pills. Let's talk more about that. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> it clearly I, is. It can be their addiction. And, and it's part of like making soup, make yourself superhuman, yeah. you know, and look, I'm all for making yourself the best person that you can be. But I got to say from an entertainment perspective, and I know this is, I again, I know. Go ahead and leave comments. Go ahead and email us, <laughs> twoshotsmusicpod <laughs> at gmail.com about how I'm wrong and I'm leading children down the wrong, the wrong, the wrong uh, road or whatever. But, okay, here's my point. It's boring as fuck. It, it can be boring. Like, what are you writing about? What are you telling me your point of view of the world is about if you get up and you read and you meditate and you drink your green juice? And, I, and I'm not saying you don't ever get to this point. Of course you do. But I'm saying that if you never take some of these risks as a young person of like, let me see what it's like to stay up for two days. Let me see, you know, maybe I get a little too drunk and I say something I shouldn't. Yeah. I just got to tell you, as a music publisher and as a songwriter guy, like that's the story I want to hear about. Like, I actually don't want to hear about how you're making yourself, you know, the perfect person and are completely balanced in life. That doesn't mean you can't make great music. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, like, if you never know some of those depths of a little danger. Okay, that's really what it is. It's danger. Mm -hmm. Art to me needs to be a little dangerous, whether you're a painter or a musician or a writer, you know, like I'm sure there are great writers that write beautiful history essays. Yeah. I kind of liked the Anthony Bourdain writing, right? Because it's telling me about struggles and conflict and stakes and drama. Yeah. And it's the same thing in music. Like, Maybe, okay, and I'll push back a little bit on myself here. Maybe you're awesome about writing those dramatic, emotional songs, even though you haven't gone through them. Mm -hmm. And you can be that sober 
perfectly put together person that doesn't ever raise their voice and yeah. never gains weight or has a dependency. You don't ever have to kick the sheets. That's awesome. But, but like I'm saying, what I'm seeing with some of these younger bands that, that are not living the pirate lifestyle a little bit is that some of their music is boring. It's boring. Mm-hmm. So write about something more interesting, even if you aren't living that interesting life. But if you can't do that, maybe live a more interesting life for a little bit. Oh my I, God! I know this is just horrible advice. No, it's not. It's not horrible. I think that there's room for for all of it, and I think that that's. I think there's a, a glamorization of uh, certain pieces of this. But you've said something very key in this whole thing, which is know your limits. Yes. You know your boundaries and know um, what you're capable of and what you're not capable of. And if it's learning to trust yourself in these situations, because these situations aren't going to arise. I've got a I've got a child that um, I have to have these conversations with. And one of the big things I say to him is, at some point in time, you may have an urge to try some shit. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I will ask you to do is be in a place where you feel safe to do that. Yeah. You know? If yeah. you're going to try mushrooms, be some, be there with somebody who can talk you off a fucking ledge if they need to. Absolutely. And I, you know, I don't want to tell people how to parent. I think you should parent your children better than what I'm telling you to do as a band, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, so I don't want to say that, but I, I, I know that I'm on the wrong side of this argument for the world we live in now. I do. I get it. I think it's a balancing act. I think it's both of it yeah. goes together. Yeah, but like I know that this advice might lead some people to a chemical dependency that would cripple them for a year. I get it. I get it. But you may have that anyway. And um, so I, I guess the reason why I go through this is that my whole goal in life, yeah. right, Mm-hmm. is I want to experience, create, and foster great art. Mm. And it is rare that great art comes from someone put together perfectly. I don't and, think anybody's put together perfectly. And maybe that's going to happen. Maybe we're in a sea change. Maybe this whole new crop of bands that are coming out that are better at mental health. Thank God. Thank you. The young generation that is like the bands are talking about it. Like, hey, man, how you feeling? You okay? Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't do rehearsal tonight. Like, yeah. that's awesome because that is not the world I grew up in. Oh, yeah. It was like, you know, hey, totally. I, I feel a little down tonight. Oh, is that right? You pussy? I'll see you yeah. at seven. Yeah. Bring a 12-pack. I yeah. get that that's not the right way to do things today. And I, and I certainly don't think that you should push through like the mental or the physical health things uh, that are important to keep together. But I also don't think that we can build an ultimately safe world where no one has any problems and we are all doing the right thing because we have the right information. We're wearing our whoops and I get up every hour. I have my green juice. (laughs) I did my 30 minutes. I touched grass. I got the sun in my face. I did the cold plunge. I wrote for 30 minutes in my journal. Everything's perfect. It sounds like my morning. You know this, right? I know. I know. And I do it sometimes. (laughs) I do it. I, I mean, I'm trying to become healthier, but again, if you're a musician that's of a certain age, yeah, do what we're taught. Do what the kids are doing. Like, yeah. take care of yourself. Take care of your body. <laughs> Get some health care. <laughs> drink some green juice. I'm more talking about, like, sort of the young artists that are finding their voice. That, mm-hmm. like, you've got to have that life experience to talk about. 
yeah. to, to make it interesting for me, for me. Yeah. I'm, and again, I'm looking for great. I'm not looking for like, oh, you wrote a song about the sun. That's great. And, and, and it's a George well Harrison crafted already did song. That. Yeah. It's been done. And by yeah. the way, George Harrison did that high. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was up all Ooh. night long. So again, yeah. like we, and he came out of it and became a meditative person and quit drugs mm-hmm. and stopped smoking. And yes, do all of that. But like the blossoming of an artist is, in my opinion, again, this is my opinion. I think that the blossoming of a younger artist is like, I want to experience the world and then show that to you in through my eyes, through my song, through my voice. Mm-hmm. And only artists can do that. Yeah. And and so, like, what you're experiencing, it should have a little bit of input in your music life. It should be, mm. like, you should want to, when you're 20, go to that party that there are some ne'er-do-wells at. You know, ne'er these aren't all nice people. No. You know, and because there's stories there. There are songs yeah. there. I get uh, yeah. it. I'm totally selfish about this. I want great songs, and so I want you to fuck up a little bit. I, listen... Listen, this is the truth. This is just the honest truth. In music publishing land, when we see an artist get together with somebody, a songwriter, this is just absolutely true time, okay? We look at somebody and we'll be like, oh my God, when they break up, those are going to be great songs. (laughs) Like like you root for the divorce that is messy Mm -hmm. from that artist because you know that Adele is going to write amazing fucking albums off of it. Yeah. You just know, you know that, you know that that song about the cheating is going to be pretty incredible. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Absolutely. I mean, like I know that after, I mean, my second divorce, the songs that I wrote, at least some of them I wrote while all that was going on, but the ones I performed after everything absolutely collapsed were the best performances, some of the best vocal performances and, you know, instrumental performances I've done. Yeah. Because I had a little bit, I had a little bit more skin in that game. A little edge. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. It's, it's raw. It's uncomfortable. It hurts. And I'm going to, and that's uh, when I'm talking about like when recording people and I don't get a believable performance out of them. And I've, and I've sat in a studio for an entire day and I've sent people home and I, and they're like, well, what, why isn't this working? I said, because I don't believe you. I do not believe that you are heartbroken. I do not believe that you're sad. I do not believe that you uh, did blow off of 17 uh, prostitutes in a row and had to go home and confess to your girlfriend what you did. I don't believe you. Yeah. I want you to, I want me, I want to believe you. So in order to do that, you have to be able to either access that story from an emotional standpoint, a raw and unfiltered place, which is rare unless you've actually had the experience. Um, I feel like when Johnny Cash was writing all of his, you know, master classes in storytelling, um, he'd had enough bullshit in his life that he could access the the pain and heartache of a man on death row. Yeah. Even though he'd never been on death row. Man had been to prison, you know. Who um, amongst but, us hasn't? I mean, oh, well. wait a minute. <laughs> jail or prison, those are two very different things, man. Um, but you know Are what I mean? Like there's county or bad, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you have to be able to access that emotional. Be- like I remember there was a song I sang for my first ex-wife on a record I did many, many moons ago. And, uh, I was not, I was not hitting it until I put out a photo of her in front of me. 
and sang it to her. Right? Wow. And, um, you know, that was, that's, that's hard to do. Cause it's like, okay, am I going to hold it together emotionally enough to get a great performance? Yeah. And, you know, at least have all the meat, meat potatoes together. But the other part of it is the emotional content of the music is what's going to connect you to your audience. Yeah. And uh, whether that is like, let's get drunk and fuck, or uh, I was high and I did terrible things and I regret it. Make some fucking mistakes, people. Make some mistakes. <laughs> Try something. However, I, I, I will also mention this. Don't be fucked up at work. Oh. So don't don't go to the studio high. No. Don't go to the studio drunk. You're there to work. I, I don't I'm okay mind with a little, little adjustment. Of, I'm okay with a little buzz yeah. on stage. Have a few yeah. beers, a shot or whatever. Don't yeah. be loaded and forget what the fuck you did on stage. Too many of us have that story like, oh my oh, God, yeah. that was an awesome performance when you jumped up and hit your head. And it's like, I don't remember yeah. it at all. You yeah. know, like, don't do that. That's not what I'm saying. Like, that's when you fake it, right? That's when you actually, yeah. you're like, you want to have the party with everyone watching you, or you want to bring out that emotion. You know, that's why you're a recording artist is that yeah. you are an actor on the microphone or on the drums. You are playing mm -hmm. it as if you are in front of a crowd, as if you are yeah. trying to impress someone in a cold, big a room as mm -hmm. the producers in your ear, like, please move the drum mic to the left. Yeah. Don't touch the drum mic, please. Please don't, don't move yes, those. Please, please, please don't do that. <laughs> You know, it's funny is like how many, I, when you said the word actor there a moment ago, I almost could feel the collective puckering of a bunch of buttholes um, because I, I know that there's a lot of artists that really want to just be genuine and completely themselves on stage. But part of maintaining a long-term career means sometimes you just can't. You have to act. You have to pretend. Because if you don't, and you're constantly, you know, not just the ringleader, but also, you know, in the midst of in the midst of the melee of the pirate lifestyle, um, it's not going to be a long party for you, right? But I mean, okay, so I can get into that a little bit. Here, here's two examples. Yeah. One, you're not always going to be in the breakup with somebody. Yeah. Right. So that song that you wrote that is about this horrible breakup and how you feel and you were able to encapsulate that in words and music that your listeners can't do, you're providing them a service to where they can access that emotion. When you're singing on stage, you may be in a great relationship now. You may yeah. be in a very balanced, perfect relationship with good yeah. communication skills because you learned. And you drink but, your green juice and you go out in the sun. Exactly. But the when morning. you wrote that song... You were in breakup mode. Yeah. And so, okay, do you want to sing it as a happy, healthy person? Or do you want to perform it as it's meant, as the material is meant to come mm -hmm. out? Because there's someone in the crowd that's going through a breakup, right? There's someone yeah. in your audience and one of your fans. Mm -hmm. That's why that song is important to them. So Absolutely. you have to act. When I say act, you get into that mindset of what that song was about. And it yeah. changes over time sometimes, right? Yeah. But so that's that's one thing, and that's the same thing in the studio. So you're in the studio on a Thursday afternoon. You got you know four more four more days left, and you're recording that breakup song. You're yeah. in a great mood. You've had mm -hmm. a great day. You're in a studio. Holy shit! The band's together. We had a yeah. great day. I, I got a good night's sleep. My vocals are warmed up. I'm taking care of myself. Yeah. Now you got to drop into. 
you know, that horrible Sadness person pile. that hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. And so there is some acting involved. Um, con- uh, conversely, you can be on tour at the end of a three day night after night drop yeah. and be just completely worn out, have four hours of sleep. This, you know, sound check went horrible. Drummer's pissed yeah. off. Everybody's mad. But, you know, the people that paid for that show that night, they want you to be the most exciting, happy party person. They're there for the party. So, again, you need to act that way. You need to be like, get up for the show. Put it, turn it on for an hour and a half. And and so that is acting. And that's it's in a way it's an authentic way of acting because you respect the process. You respect your fans. Mm-hmm. You respect the deal you did with the venue. You know, we're we're bringing in a party. Yeah, it better be a damn party. They want to sell, sell it. Yeah, hundred grand with the beer. Know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't want to get on the mic and be like, "Oh yeah, it's I'm pretty tired. It's been a horrible day." Anyway, yeah. here's lift your wings. <laughs> you know, like that's horrible. I don't want to like see that. It was that. called lift your wings. Yeah. Here's a song from our second album, Lift Your Wings, whatever. One, two, three, four. (laughs) So, I mean, there is part of acting to it. It's also the same with um, press. Like, if you're doing interviews, if you get to that level where people care enough about you as the artist, Mm -hmm. as the person to talk to you, um, at the very least, be engaging. You You mean not like Hugh Grant at the Oscars the other night? (laughs) What a dick move. What a dick move. This young girl doesn't know of a book that was written 100 years ago? This is a Vanity Fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> play the game a little bit. Yeah. And, and by the way, those little things, I mean, Hugh Grant's at a different level. When you're on the come up, I'm just going to tell you, there's a lot of us that are watching you. Yeah. If I see you even on a YouTube, by the way, another YouTube thing, you can do YouTube interviews Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be with like some NBC affiliate or whatever. It could be a blogger. It could be someone with a podcast. Hi, we're going to do interviews eventually, by yeah. the way, and promote your music. But yep. but when you do those, I can see you. I can see yeah. you on the video. I can see whether or <laughs> I can not you're see your eyes rolling up into your hairline. Yeah, to play the game a little bit, and mm-hmm. and I will know whether or not you are serious about your career. Again. This is about being a career and making making a living in music. That doesn't mean yeah. being rich. That doesn't mean a lot of things you might think. It means making a living in music. All these little things matter to where other people are watching and going, okay, that person, that person can play ball. Like yeah. I can do a business deal with them and know they won't let me down. If Absolutely. it's a booker, I can book them. They will do some press for me. When they show mm-hmm. up on stage, they're going to sing the sad song, Sad, and they're going to lift the crowd <laughs> up. I can't wait to hear Lift My Wings from that band. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You know, and so all those things kind of matter. Um, yeah. But like that's, yeah, I again, I guess I'm just, I want to be clear about this. Take your risks, but at work, do your work. Do your work, yeah. you know. And don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. For Christ's sake, don't be a dick. That's it. It's pretty simple. Be cool. Make great art. 
do all the stuff we're telling you and don't be a dick. Do all the stuff we're telling you. Like just in this podcast, line, everybody's like, yeah. wait a minute. So I got to start a YouTube channel and translate it to Arabic and Spanish. <laughs> and then I got to do a bunch of podcasts. But I, And he, Michael wants me to get high, but Stu thinks I should work out a little bit. And then I also should break up I with I think people. you should do both. <laughs> I think you should get a little high and I think you should go to the gym. I think it's balance in all things. Balance in all things. But how will you know? You how have to you find know? your own balance. Yeah. I'm just saying there's no Jimaholics Anonymous. <laughs> sure there is. They're in the ER with a strained hammy. Oh, don't even mention it. That just hurt my hamstring. Oh, oh my God. yeah. I forgot about that. Sorry, man. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get to the favorite sink of the wink. Uh, I think we've all learned a great lesson here today. Um, <laughs> Which is the rundown goes out the window. Rundown goes out the window. Sorry, Kelsey. Sorry, Kelsey. Um, so, uh, I'll get to my favorite sink cause I want to hear you talk about yours. My favorite sink of the week is, uh, Arthur's theme. Christopher Cross. Now this is what's interesting. So this for, for the younger people that are listening, you may not even know, but there was a movie called Arthur and there were many movies actually. It was a series. But, like, it was a big movie in the late 70s, early 80s. And Christopher Cross was, like, the Kenny Loggins of the time. He wrote, like, the whole soundtrack. Who is Kenny Loggins? That's a different story. <laughs> um, but Kenny Loggins was, he owned soundtracks in the 80s. Footloose. Yes. Caddyshack. Yeah. Top Gun. And he would do, like, all of his number one hits at one point were basically soundtrack songs. Yeah, um, exactly. But so Christopher Cross, uh, you may know him from Sailing, if you love the Yacht Rock. But he did this song called Arthur's Theme. So it's written for the, the movie. The best that you can do. The, yep. When you get caught between the moon and New York City, I yeah. know it's crazy, but it's true. Uh, there, but it's this whole song about Arthur and this... A young kind of rich billionaire who uh, is a drunk, but he's a lovable drunk because it's the late 70s. Affable drunk, yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or early 80s. But it's a song written specifically for that movie. You would think this song would never be used again. You know, it's like a song go, it's like a song that was called, you know, we're going to top gun, top gun, dun, dun, we're going to top gun. (laughs) You couldn't really use that for another movie. You couldn't use that on Rocky. Top gun. Yeah. Um, But so this is a song about Arthur's theme. But the thing is, is that for a certain age group um, and people that know of the movie, it sets the time period in a way. Yeah. Everyone knows what that time period is. Taxi cabs, New York, fall, that kind of thing. So anyway, it was used in Poker Face on Peacock. God, that show is really good. Which is the new Columbo with Natasha Lyonne. Um, Uh, It's a really good show. Ryan Johnson. Ryan, Ryan Johnson, the, yes, yeah, is the guy. And again, the music onion. supervision on this um, was Thomas Golubic from Super <laughs> Music Vision. So Fantastic. He nails it again. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so it was used on Poker Face, and it was basically to set a time. But I was like, oh my God, they're using Arthur's theme in this. And that was, I thought it was strange. It's a bold move to mm-hmm. use a song written for another movie, and it worked. And Fuck that's yeah. why I'm picking it because it worked. And anytime Christopher Cross comes across my desk, I'm oh, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, for sure. By the way, go see Christopher Cross if you see him. He's playing casinos all over. Mm. But it is totally worth it if you can see him at like a summer amphitheater because it's it's pretty it's pretty life changing. It He's is exactly it. what you want it to be. Yeah. It's like, you know, when he when he 
pulls out sailing, you're you're there. I'm on. The canvas can do miracles. Just you wait and see. <sighs> All right, listen. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna sidebar here. I was a strip club DJ for a while, and I was <laughs> I was hot shit. Okay, I was hot shit. I made lots of Please money. Tell me that was your your stage name was Hot Shit DJ Hot Shit <laughs> DJ Hot Shit. <laughs> and now Minks on stage one. Jaegers are three dollars. <laughs> Make sure you're tipping five cents or twenties. If you're not tipping money, you're either no, no, you won't even get into that. But anyway, okay. So I my best set. And I mean, I played tons of music. I was like kind of in the 90s when hip hop was happening and strip yeah. clubs weren't playing hip hop because they didn't want gangsters. And I, but anyway, oh, my God. It was a, I was hot shit. <laughs> I did very well at it. Anyone yeah. that goes to a strip club with me now, it's funny. I will sit there with like I'll go to strip clubs with some girls and some gals and they'll and they'll they'll look at me for what the next song is going to be. And I pick it every single time. Like I'm oh, like I'm so really you laid, fucking you laid the it. groundwork here. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so there was a Shiner, uh, Shriners convention in downtown. Oh, hell yes. The guys with the hats <laughs> and the clown cars, right? Yeah. They come into our strip club, and none of the young DJs knew what to play for these guys, <laughs> right? And there was a set, and I remember the girl's name. Her name was Misha. That's her stage name. I know her real name, but I'm not going to tell you because I'm writing a book about it. Because we've been married for 10 years. Yeah, but, so, but... Um, <laughs> So what the song was, I, I can't remember the, the complete set, but I played sailing and did a light show with Blue going around mm. the room as if you were underwater. Mm. She made $1,000. I made $600 in that wow. one song. Wow. Wow. In four wow. minutes, 1000 bucks, 600 bucks yeah. to me. It was, a, it was a floor show, so she was completely naked. So she should have made more than me. But mm -hmm. guys came up to me afterwards, like almost in tears. Like that was artistic and sexy and exactly what I needed. And I was Aww. like, we are doing the Lord's work here. Yeah. You know, then the next night we got busted by vice cops. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just saying Christopher Cross works in so many ways. Speaking What's of your how you make your mistakes. <laughs> Speaking of making mistakes, I'm going, to, I'm going to be the bummer in the room. I have not watched anything in the last week i've been i've been a, a, a wash in a sea of workings so i have not watched anything this week and couldn't tell you one sink that i saw this week because i really haven't watched anything and if i did it was like three wow. minutes and i was asleep wow right wow, that's really good okay thanks for your contribution yeah um, i no. did nothing here <laughs> That's what she said. No, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. <laughs> the, it doesn't. No, it doesn't work. Oh, man. Oh, Let boy. me finish. <laughs> that is what she said. That is What's what up? she said. There it is. Okay, the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for coming today. Make sure to go to twoshotsmusicpod.com. You can get us wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to rate, subscribe, like. Also, comment. Leave dirty comments. Please More do. More cuss words, the better on Apple yeah, Music Podcast. Absolutely, for they sure. They love that. Use cunt as much as you can. Yeah, but asterisk <laughs> out the wrong letter. Asterisk out the uh, the N. So, you know, because normally how you, how you normally asterisk out the vowel. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Asterisk out the C or the N. Or so so people goes, is it aunt or yeah. is it Hunt? Kurt? What is that? Football fans? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, where are we at on the socials there, Dr. St. James? We are at two shots music pod pretty much everywhere you can go to two shots music pod on twitter instagram tiktok youtube two shots music pod if you search that you will find tinder us every only fans grinder grinder on uh, bumble Kia. yeah uh, we're on um Jew date thunder J-date. thunder <laughs> absolutely you farmers only <laughs> yes you can find us on adult friend finder uh, uh all we need is a credit card you got to be over 21 thank you so much Thank you so much. I I love you. Hope Uh, you have a good day. I love you too. I hope you have a good day too. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye.